Have you ever wondered just how much that house payment would actually be? Hi, Flames fans. This is Jason Porter with Legacy Realty with your Sea of Red real estate quick tip. Next time you're on Zillow or Realtor looking at a specific house, be sure to click on the mortgage calculator associated with that house. It actually allows you to adjust the mortgage rate as well as come up with a possible down payment that would be comfortable for you. It's also helpful in estimating taxes and insurance because it's specifically tied into the property address. Now, your final mortgage payment, of course, will be determined by your lender, but those calculators are a great start. Please let me know how I can help. Call or text me today, Jason Porter, at 434-258-8827. Being able to uh, have them, that was really cool. You know, they want to come support us in person more or less than watching us on TV. So I I just appreciate them for coming out here and... uh, uh, letting us go out there and glorify God, you know? I've done this long enough. Every year's different. There's no team that has the same DNA, same leadership, same hunger, desire, passion. That was great 2020. I got the ring. I got the picture. I got it all. I got it. I will have it framed. Top 20 in the nation. That's awesome. But you know what? It's time to run to the roar of 2021. It's here. It's a different week, Malik. It's a different week, Malik. For we can, For we we can. can do all things through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. He strengthens us, strengthens us each and every day. Each and every day. And may God. And may God. Play you're listening to the A Sea of Red podcast. My name is Chad Hassan. We have a ton to get to on this bye week. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, founder, creator, all things aseaofred.com, John Manson. John, how are you doing? What's up, Chad? Doing good. It's always exciting to jump on the podcast. We got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, let's jump right in. Uh, Men's basketball, Liberty Arena, sold out. Everybody had a good time. Uh, I just spoke with McKay a little bit about it, but wanted to get your thoughts on just the culmination of a lot of good teams, a lot of wins, a lot of money being invested in a new arena. A lot of people like myself and you and all the others that kind of promote the brand of Liberty Athletics with whatever avenue, whether it's their own staff there at the school or whatever avenue they promote on Twitter and just kind of creating this fan momentum, all of that kind of came to a culmination last night in a sellout crowd against Regent in what was an amazing atmosphere, a really fun time, and a great basketball team. What are your thoughts on just how many times you've sat in an empty Vine Center or, uh, or or watched bad basketball for it all kind of come kind of come full circle to for a regular season game like that? Yeah, man, and it, it was a blast last night. You and I have talked about it several times, and and uh, you know, you and I were there several games last year. I was at every home game last season at Liberty Arena, so you know we got to experience what Liberty Arena is like, what a game's like there. But, of course, we had, what, 250 fans there and sometimes less than that over Christmas break. So it, it was, man, I was so excited. I, I got I got over there at Liberty Arena two and a half hours before game time because I was th- tired of sitting around my house waiting for it. I figured I'd go over there. And I uh, got to watch the women's basketball practice for a few minutes before they cleared the court and uh, and the men started warming up and everything. But, man, that, that arena, and we knew it last year just getting to see it. It's gorgeous, and it's even better. I mean, this is the first time we've ever had fans in there. It's the first time we've ever had, you know, I've been at a game. I, I guess I've been to one or two volleyball matches this year. 
but they had the, the bleachers pulled all the way out. Cause remember last year they were pushed up in, um, you know, so it, man, it, what a great environment. I mean, the students were loud and engaged the entire game. Didn't matter that we were up by 50 or 60 points at the end of the game. They were still engaged when Vinzant had that, uh, dunk in the final seconds. It felt like the roof was about to blow off the place. Uh, it was amazing. And, and that was, you know, it was a season opener, so there's a lot of energy for that. It's built up demand for two years for basketball. But, you know, it was region. We're going to have games where, you know, we're playing Missouri and conference games that mean a lot. And in the future, we'll have a lot of games that mean a lot. So I, I can't wait to see what that place can be like you know, when we're playing Missouri here in a few weeks or, or when we're in February in the meat of a conference run and, and hosting, you know, a Jacksonville state that's competing for a conference championship. I mean, that, that place is going to be packed and uh, man, so much fun last night. All right, let's switch gears. Uh, we got a lot of basketball on the podcast left um, in, in future episodes, but we are in the middle of football season. We're making a great run right now in football, just lost to Ole Miss. What are your just I know that, you know, yeah, we look good in the second half, uh, what have you. What are your just main takeaways? What did we learn about our team and uh, what what we can expect from them uh, a week from this coming Saturday when we play Louisiana? Did we learn anything new? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we know we're better than we were in 2018 when we played Auburn, a team, an SEC team that wasn't even a top 25 team. Uh, when we played them in November and got absolutely embarrassed, 53 to nothing. We couldn't move the ball across midfield, I don't think. I think we did the first drive of the game that game and never again. And that obviously was not the case against Ole Miss. I mean, we we were competitive with them. Say what you want to about the 24 nothing halftime score. I've gone back and watched the game over. And uh, it should have been 17 to 10 or, or 17 to 6 at halftime. And we, went, we had a missed field goal. That, that, you know, was 38 yards, certainly makeable. We had, uh, you know, Malik had that interception there at the end of the first half or late in the first half that, you know, if we are able to, to capitalize there and, and take another minute or two off the clock and not let them to get in the end zone again on their last drive and at least get a field goal, we're there, you know, 17 to six, let's say at halftime. And and it would have been a different game in the second half. You can't automatically say, okay, well, it should have been 17 to six. And so that means the game should have been, you know, 20 to 24 or something Liberty. I mean, you can't do that, obviously, because I, I do think that Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss staff kind of uh, paired back their, their game plan a little bit. They probably rotated some second and third string guys in in the second half, especially on defense more so than they would have if it wasn't 24 to nothing. But but we did prove that we've we've grown a lot the last three years, which we all knew that, but it was very evident if you compare the game against Auburn in 2018 to, to this game. So, uh, but at the same time, we also know that, that we're not there yet. We're not a top 15 SEC team. I mean, none of us, I don't think expected that, but, but we're not there yet. We, we um, are a few playmakers away. We're a little bit of depth away. Our offensive line is not quite to the level to be able to uh, withstand a defensive line or defensive pressure from an Ole Miss and SEC defense. So, um, you know, we're getting there, and but I'm really looking forward to these last two games. You know, we got two G5 teams. I know Army's an independent, but basically a G5 in Louisiana, you know, top 25, top 50 programs, um, you know, some of the best G5 teams in the country. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how we stack up against them, especially on our home field. 
Yeah, I almost asked you a question about silly season and head coach Hugh Freeze and the, and the conversation you had with him this week or, or at the press conference when he was asked basically about leaving Liberty or staying at Liberty. And his answer there was uh, basically as good as he's ever given. And, um, you know, but I think that you know, we're just kind of wasting our time talking about that right now. We got two big games coming up. And, you know, I think I, I, I believe Freeze when he says that the players will be the first to know nothing has ever gotten to that point yet. Um, he loves Liberty. And, and the statement that stuck out to me about that, and, and then we'll move on to conference realignment. But the statement that stuck out to me was the quality of life here for his family is just so much better. And I believe it, John. I believe it. I think that the, all the coaches kind of feel that way. If you've ever coached at another P5 university, you know that at Liberty, uh, McKay kind of alluded to it in our pot, in our interview that uh, is coming up here about just how the fans are unique here, and it's it's a we're all one Liberty, and you don't find that, and we have a different mission, so it kind of draws everybody together. Whereas at a P5, it's it's a dog eat dog world out there, and you know you kind of you kind of take some of that for granted. So I I took that statement as a hey, nothing's come, but I really like it here. I really think we're going to build something special. And the other thing, John, I don't. I think it was super evident. It has been all year to me that Freeze wants a more stable schedule. He was not a fan of this year's schedule, and he's definitely not a fan of next year's schedule. He wants to win games. Uh, he thinks that that's the best path for his team to win a bowl game and be ranked is to win games so he he wasn't a fan of the tough competition this year um you know and and i I agree with him so um i wanted to just kind of talk about conference realignment and and how that affects his decision as well knowing that we have a conference championship knowing that we have at least six you would think conference games that we can schedule every year and have the flexibility to to kind of add in and um another thing about that john is the adding a conference gives us the ability to kind of uh, flex out of some of those games as well. Um, so we can kind of restart over with our schedules in the future in terms of, um, you know, they were built before Freeze got here and he can have a say in building future schedules. That's my point is bringing that up is that Freeze has the ability to impact the schedules where maybe he didn't earlier with the conference announcement. So. Getting into that, John, we've done some deep dives on where Conference USA ranks in terms of G5s. All week on Twitter, I've been saying that they are the best combo G5 between football and basketball, and uh, did a little bit of a did a little bit of data. Shout out to Luke, I believe he's at Skywalker Luke uh, on Twitter. He he did some put some data together about average RPI. Turns out that Conference USA is the 12th best basketball conference in the country, which is incredible based on average RPI, um, the new Conference USA, I should say, and the new Conference USA football is just barely behind the AAC, not not too far behind, and there are actually only seven average spots behind the Sun Belt, which is pretty powerful in football. So I don't think we're there at the top right now. I definitely like our potential better than any of the other conferences in terms of, I think, our FCS teams, Jacksonville State, and uh, who's our other FCS team, uh, Sam Houston. I think that they can come in and uh, really do well. I think MTSU, uh, Middle Tennessee State, and Western Kentucky both kind of had a down year, and they can kind of build 
and do a little bit better in the average ranking and then Liberty. I mean, we're, we're going up. So say all that to say, we're not the best G5 combo conference right now between basketball and football. It's very close. The Sun Belt gets the nod if you're weighting football a little bit heavier, but Liberty has, and in Conference USA has the most potential, I would say over the next three years to kind of gain in that. And um, so I, I've rambled enough, John, I, I got a few other thoughts about conference realignment, but what are, what are your, what is your latest take on and what are you thinking most about with conference realignment with the press conference coming up here in uh, 45 minutes? Yeah, you, you hit on a lot of it and we, we've touched on it a good amount the last few weeks, but um, no, I agree with you. I think in, from football, from a football standpoint, there's a lot of unknown. We don't know what, how this conference is going to end up shaking out. Like you mentioned Sam Houston state and, and uh, Jacksonville state. I mean, those are two very successful FCS programs. Sam Houston state's the defending national champions at the FCS level. They're currently number one in the country and I believe eight. No. So, I mean, they're not, I mean, they're going to come in and be, you know, they're, they're a winning program and have things going and uh, they're going to come in and, and hope to, um, to, to win and compete for some, some, you know, wins in conference and, wins out of conference and I don't think they're going to be one of the worst uh you know G5 teams in the country I just don't think I don't think that I think they'll both be you know maybe given a couple two three four recruiting classes I think they'll be you know a top 100 maybe a top 75 uh, team in the in the country um you know so we'll see where that all goes and you hit on middle Tennessee western Kentucky those are both teams that that have been to bowl games for a long time I mean they've got some eight nine win teams uh, seasons. They, they've done that in the past. They, they've, uh, you know, been to bowl games, won bowl games, uh, made, been in the top 25. Western Kentucky finished the season in the top 25, I think in 2015 or 2016. And uh, UTEP has, has built up, they, they're having a good season this year. And uh, Louisiana Tech is, has, is really a storied program. I mean, um, you know, we can get into basketball too, but they're, they're, a, they're a solid football program, solid athletic program. Uh, I think Liberty and Louisiana Tech may compete at the jump at, for the best overall athletic department across the board when both teams are, are in the new uh, CUSA. And, uh, you know, FIU, they're in a great, great position as far as in Miami. I mean, they should be a good program. They, things have kind of gone sideways for Butch Davis down there, but they, they'll have a new athletic director and a new head football coach here so, so they can turn things around and Get back up there in the top 50 top 75 type team um so i think this you know th this conference has a lot of potential they they've stabilized themselves you know we've talked about you know maybe they can you know what's what's next move i mean do you stay at nine members now that middle and western kentucky have kind of locked in i mean do you stay there or, or do you get very selective and who you go try to poach uh moving forward but then you look at it from a you know you touched on a little bit there but you look at it from a basketball men's basketball standpoint i mean this conference like it's amazing the growth Liberty has seen in men's basketball the last five years. You go back five years ago, you know, we, we were hoping to not have a losing season, not lose 20 games when Coach McKay was hired. And in the Big South, one of the worst conferences in the country, to now we've, you know, we got all these records we can talk about, you know, long home win streak records and, you know, winning 20-plus games for five straight seasons and, and conference championships three straight years, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we've gone, we've done it in the Big South, you know, at the tail end of that. And now we've, we've dominated the A-Sun these first three years in that conference. And hopefully we will these next two years. And, 
And now we're going to go into Conference USA, which is a huge step up and, and you know, could could certainly be a, a multi-bid league. And, and I would imagine most seasons uh, that conference champion is going to get a favorable seed. I mean, a, a 7 to 12 seed. I mean, you're not going to see any uh, probably – I certainly say you wouldn't see many uh, 15 and 16 seed champions coming out of Conference USA. Louisiana Tech, UTEP, New Mexico State, uh, those Western Kentucky, those are top 100 teams now. When you add Liberty to that, uh, you also don't have the multiple teams that are ranked 280 plus, 300 plus, like you do in the A Sun and the Big South that just drags your net down and drags your, your uh, Ken Palm rankings down. You don't have that. You're, you're, only playing those teams, you know, the worst teams are in the low 200s. Um, I think it can help improve your non-conference scheduling in, in basketball. And then, you know, baseball too. Baseball, it's going to be enough. Louisiana Tech hosted a regional last year. Um, you know, so they've got some some proven success there on the diamond. And I think we'll see the same thing moving forward as uh, Liberty gets in there in baseball. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I'm, you know, we've had time to, to digest it and everything. And and, you know, there's positives and negatives to it, but, but for Liberty right now, it's, it's, it's the right move and it's the right move now. Uh, timing's right. And, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So conference realignment, we touched on basketball. We got football in a good spot uh, with coming up here. Um, last, last thought here, John, I know you got to get over to the press conference here. Uh, last thought is about the bowl game and wanted to just talk about what are you hearing, seeing, thinking about Liberty's chances with a bowl? Um, I know probably a lot of it depends. Let's just say we go two and zero to end out the season. And we, you know, that puts us up in the conversation of not at being at nine and three, beating a top 25 Louisiana team. It puts us up in the conversation of being ranked again, I would think, um, or close to it. Uh, where do you think we end up as in a bowl game? What do you see and hearing so far? Yeah, you know, a lot of people joke about, oh, the Cure Bowl. It was going to, you know, just rename it, you know, after Liberty, and you know, because we've been there the last two years. But uh, I would be very shocked if we end up back in the Cure Bowl. I don't see that happening for a third straight season. So, and, and we got to realize we got Malik Willis. Like people want to watch Malik Willis. So I think, you know, especially if we win these last two games, get to nine and three, and and are one of the more, uh, you know, favorable um, non-P5 teams out there in the country to be matched up in a, in a bowl game. I think ESPN will put us in a in a favorable matchup. I mean, I could see us, you know, getting in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, um, you know, against a South Carolina, you know, an SEC or, or an ACC team, a South Carolina, a Virginia Tech, if they, they can even get bowl eligible. <laughs> but, um, you know, somebody like that, I could, I could see – you know, for the, for the eyeballs, I could see that happening. Um, or we're going to get one of the top G five matchups like we did last year against coastal and the cure bowl. I could see us, you know, playing an app state, um, you know, somebody like that, uh, uh, you know, I saw Houston being as a possibility, you know, so I, I think we'll end up, I think the Myrtle beach bowl is one we got to keep our eyes on. Like if we, you know, don't get end up, don't end up in a bowl, like in Tampa against the P five team. I, I, I think Ian would, would, you know, kind of prefer that Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's a it's an easy distance for us, um, you know, to get to. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I do think these last two games have a lot of bearing on that, especially this Louisiana game, because once you get into that final week of the regular season, going into Army, it's going to be, um, 
you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of these bowl invites will kind of be handed out or, or silently discussed. So uh, we really need a good showing against Louisiana, but, but I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll get a, a nice, a nice bowl matchup, especially if we win uh, these next two games. John, well, whew, good things are ahead. It seems like we constantly are riding this high. I'm almost exhausted, John, from being having this much good news to constantly report about our teams. When is the day coming where you and I can do a podcast and we basically are sulking because we just have nothing to say positive about our team or our school or our conference? I mean, it feels like that every time we get together and record one of these things, that's all we do is just yippee haw and uh, you know, that's what we need to be doing. That's that's what's happening. So it is definitely the golden years. Ian called that. He called his shot two or three years ago on that and uh, is coming through. And it's been incredible to see. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, some of these, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag and mention any names, but there weren't there weren't too many people who thought that we would do this other than Ian, even when he was scheduling P5 schools several several years ago. You know, the comments were made, man, we didn't know you guys were going to be this good. We we kind of don't like this matchup now. You guys are so Ian kind of called his own shot and and not even athletic directors who pay attention to this kind of thing and knew our facilities and knew we had Hugh Freeze and knew all that kind of thing still uh, did not see this kind of success coming. So it's kind of blindsided a lot of people, but uh, credit to all the visionaries over at Liberty and the administration who have put the money and time and gotten the right people involved and uh here we are and john will probably be doing this as long as ian ian and and has you know is calling the shots or the administration is putting the money they are and kind of and, and then also that just the facilities i can see us being cheerleaders uh on this podcast for a long time for liberty university so it's a lot of fun and i wouldn't have it any other way so with that we'll let you go john appreciate it and uh go flames Kyle Road with your hoops update. Flames Nation, it was awesome to finally see you guys out in full effect at the new Liberty Arena. Uh, I know us as players really appreciated it. It makes a difference um, no matter who we play. Uh, it was electric and just super excited to play the season in front of you guys. Um, last night was awesome. We're, we're super excited to build on that win. Uh, with LSU on Monday and then just the rest of the season. So uh, we're going to need your guys' support um, every game, <laughs> no matter home or away. And I, I hope uh, we made you proud last night. We have a great group of, of guys and, and they're pretty good players too. Um, from our freshman, JV, Brody, to awesome last night. Um, and I was excited they got to get a taste of Flames Nation in full effect. Sophomores are, are really, really good too. And and then our upperclassmen uh, did what they do as well. So hope we made you proud, uh, super excited, and thank you for supporting us like you all do. This is Kyle Road with your Hoops Update. All right, guys, we are joined by head coach Richie McKay. Uh, I often refer to him as the legend. Uh, you all refer to him as the GOAT. Coach, I'm just going to jump in right now and say last night was amazing. I had so much fun as a fan. Our student body had a lot of fun. But you know what stuck out to me was your staff, the guys at the table, um, Jacob and Steven, and, and all the way down your bench, all the players and yourself. Everybody had a smile on their face. 
from the from tip to the very end and it was just a blast for us um how much fun did you guys have last night man chad it was uh it was a real blessing i said in the post game press conference that there were many or there have been many who have dreamt of of this day and uh it was a culmination of some former players coaches managers staffers that hoped one day Liberty basketball would be elevated to a level or degree where we would play to the tune of a sellout crowd. And that was, I know opening games, you usually get a decent crowd, but to be in an arena that special and having our students there uh, coming back from the pandemic and being able to do it with the kind of young people that, that we get the privilege of doing life with. And as you mentioned, the support staff, the, the Chelsea Manginos, the Steven Gonzalez's, the, all of the managers that like, it was, it was really just a special night. Yeah. Yeah. It truly was. It truly was a fun night. And, and I just want to expound on that. Just one more thought about that is I know personally that you have worked a long time and not really work, but you have just tried to build fan momentum through your comments, through just stuff you're doing with student groups, all that just to, uh, how important is that kind of to for recruits and your players um to see a sold out arena against regent on on day one and uh how how exciting is that but i know you've worked for that so how is it, how important is it to your to your program and your momentum going forward well chad thanks for noticing but i, I think it's a it's a collaborative effort that you know steven and uh jake webb and uh, our marketing department led by Robert Goodman, uh, the lunatics, the jokers, like there have been many who have, I think, tried to help elevate our brand. And, and then when you recruit guys that are, are quote unquote over themselves or that just want to be a part of the university and don't feel like, you know, there's, there's something, uh, you know, sliced bread, whatever. I think I think when you can go to class or uh, eat a meal at the Rot with with guys that are just normal like you are, I think our student body uh, connects with those individuals, and we all are united in our common pursuit of uh, you know trying to pursue a, an authentic relationship with Jesus that would help others um, others live other lives better. And I, I just think the, the, the collection of all of that uh, makes it different, makes it special. So knowing that, that the, that's the culture you guys are building, it might make this answer a little bit, a little bit different, but from an outsider that doesn't know and is not inside that locker room and doesn't know, maybe we're getting to know some of these players. We feel like you have a difficult job with with minutes this year. It seems like the depth uh, we were watching last night and guys coming off the bench were were being successful and and playing at a high level from 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 what we could tell. And feels like that you got a challenge ahead of you. I, I don't know if I have experienced a team with this much depth. And I wonder, just want to get your thoughts on that. Is that challenging to you? And uh, what are your thoughts on having that kind of performance from from guys who are you know eighth? ninth man off the bench kind of thing. Yeah, Chad, it, it's always a challenge because, you know, guys want to play. And part of our 
recruiting um, criteria is, you know, we want guys that are really passionate about the game, that love to play basketball, love to compete. Uh, those are prerequisites for uh, and, and a ticket into our locker room. And I, I think because of that, when you get here, you realize, oh, man, there's other really good players and there's more experienced players. I, I just think uh, when we're in that vetting process, uh, part of that aforementioned admission is, look, you got to you got to work for what you want. Sometimes you got to wait to play. And if you're not getting what you want, you still got to be a great teammate and fully invested. So we really try hard to find those young men that are from those kind of families or those kind of programs that we think can either wait to play or get through the hard. And, uh, but, but look, man, I love those guys. Uh, even the starters all the way to the, the, the 15th guy, I, I want them all to be able to touch greatness or experience their dreams. So yes, it's hard when you see someone that's frustrated because they're not getting the minutes they want, but it's a team game. And I hope they can share or we can share in each other's success. And, uh, and when you have that, you have something really unique. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's incredible to try to build that and watch from, from our, from our perspective, uh, coach, I wanted to talk about the conference really quick. And, uh, we know how we have a press conference coming up this afternoon to announce we're going to the conference USA uh we're going to a very tough basketball conference here shortly um i know we still have this season and things to play for in the a sun and they've been great to us just want to get your thoughts mainly on the impact to your program does this elevate your ability to recruit now that we're going to a, a higher caliber conference uh, by average what is uh what are your thoughts on conference usa yeah chad i uh i sneak a listen to you and john sometimes on your podcast and uh, I remember you saying when the, uh, the Sun Belt announced their new arrivals, you, you called us misfits. And uh, am I right about that? I, pub, people's public perception of us is that we're misfits, not yeah. that we are misfits. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're all misfits because we've all sinned on short of the glory. But, you know, I think you hit it right on that it, it takes an invitation to go to a dance. And we needed to get invited, but to be invited, and I'm not sure how it affects all of our other sports who are led by great coaches, uh, because I don't know the other institutions, uh, different athletic teams or programs, but I do know the basketball programs that reside in what will be the new Conference USA. And you're 100% right. Man, it, is a, it is a really good mid-major league that has a chance for a second bid, an at-large bid, if those programs that have been traditionally good, uh, if they follow along that historical lineage that they've had, I, I think you're going to find we're, we're going to play some meaningful games. And but I do want to rewind a little bit because I, I think it's I think we'd be remiss, Chad, if we didn't say, okay, look, that's coming, but here's where our feet are now. And I don't know if you've paid attention the first couple, three days. Uh, Jacksonville State should have beat Wichita State. They lose on a 35-foot three at the buzzer. Uh, I watched Kennesaw and Creighton last night, and Kennesaw gave Creighton every bit on Creighton's home floor. 
with no days prep. They played back to back nights. Like, like to, to just think we're going to, like we have some right to passage because we've won it in the past. Rick Bird is a way, way, way better coach than I am. He's a Hall of Famer. They won it three times in a row, and that was it. And uh, I, so we have our work cut out for us in what will be a really, really competitive ASUN. Eastern Kentucky, I've, I've taken a peek at Eastern Kentucky, North Florida, Jacksonville. All of them have improved. Gulf Coast looks really good. So I'm going to keep going if I can. Do you need to take a break? No, I'm, Coach, I get it. I get it loud and clear. I hear the message here. But, they, but the, other got... thing, the other thing is, look, because we the way we build it, Chad, like we've, we've done it with freshmen. We'll sprinkle in the occasional transfer, uh, but it's usually done with freshmen. And what I've noticed about all the other teams in our league that I'm watching, like Central Arkansas, man, they were great against St. Louis in the first half the other day. We're going to be playing against old. And we've gone from old to not to inexperienced. And uh, so I I think let's let's make sure that we don't get ahead of ourselves and we stay about the process. Yeah. So, Coach, I know that that's what you're saying in your locker room and to everyone that'll listen. How, you know, as fans, first of all we're not used to winning like this. You know, we, we haven't experienced, this is like all brand new to us. Like, what do you do after a three-peat? You know, so I, I know you have some advice for your players and you can keep everybody grounded just with what you were doing. As fans, we can't do that. It's it's hard for us to say, hey, coach, you won three in a row and, and you got a, a stud class come in and got a lot of points and Darius McGee is your starting, uh, starting two guard, point guard, whatever he is. Uh, we have those high expectations, so we'll, we'll do our best to tamper them and, uh, and, and do what we can. Um, but man, that, that team is so fun to watch coach. They, they pass the ball. Well, there, I, I saw Kyle and he's going to get onto me for this, but I saw him last night. He made his fourth assist. He's playing like this point forward position makes his fourth assist. And he looks at you or the bench or somebody and holds up four and says, coach, that's four. I can do this. And just to have that kind of camaraderie where they are, they really want what's best for the team. It's fun to watch. Last question here is a little bit about expectations, but Darius, uh, you know, the stat line came out last night. He was the player of the game, 20 some points and, and just, you know, but what amazed me is the efficiency that he does that with How, how can you tell a guy who, who is whatever he was five for seven or something like that from the three point line? I mean, Shouldn't he be shooting at every possession? It, it seems like to me that it's like, hey, you got this kind of, you got this kind of thing. He he should have the uh, old Seth Curry green light that you used to give out. Yeah, yeah, Chad. What makes this job so special are fans like you. Like I love your passion. Um, I love and embrace yours and others' expectation. Flames Nation is different. We we've got a great loyal fan base that gets it that uh I, I think again we all have that united pursuit to uh as believers to to keep shining the light brightly and uh and, and i think because of that uh, we're in the place that we're in like we feel like this is one liberty if you will with our fans included and darius mcgee i've said it before he and malik are really unique that, like to be that talented, that highly acclaimed, uh, that 
successful or potentially successful in your sport, uh, and I'm talking about monetarily, but to have the humility that those dudes operate in is special. Like it's these are the golden years of I think our athletic department and programs. Let's 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 enjoy them and stay in the moment. And that being said, Darius McGee, he, he, there's not many I've ever coached like him. The the dude could literally get a bucket any time that he wanted to. But he might not make them all. And he's so conscientious. Sometimes he'll stop shooting because he doesn't want to be selfish. But I think he's got a chance for greatness. And he does have the ultimate green light. Uh, Seth just took further, uh, much more advantage of his green light than Darius has his. But I, I love having him in our family and uh, as I do all of our guys. And uh, lastly, Chad, when Kyle Rode did the four and Blake Preston hit a three in the corner and did all of his antics and celebration, man, that's what it's about. Like, I want our guys to enjoy this because they work so hard. They've sacrificed a ton in, in how much they've spent in improving their game, how conscientious they are in the classroom, how uh, much they want to be a part of our campus and our community and the way they serve. Man, go enjoy this time because it's it, uh, you only get 31 of these regular season opportunities. Make the most of them. Man, Coach, that's uh, got me fired up. I am ready for Monday, LSU, big test, uh, you know. And, um, you know, we got lots more to talk about. We'll catch up down the road. I just wanted to get with you. Thanks so much for the time. And I just want to say, <laughs> you said we're one Liberty and we're a unique fan base. I, I truly believe that myself. But we will find out when we don't win uh, conference championship after conference championship how how kind of loyal and and kind of how uh, you know I, I do think we will respond in a way that uh, that'll make our university proud as fans as well. So um, it is a great place to be and coach and be a fan of because winning or losing we all have a common purpose and that is uh, the mission of the school and and we all kind of embrace that. And uh, so winning or winning just makes it more fun and addictive. So uh, appreciate it, coach. And uh, hey, good luck. And uh, we'll, we'll be catching up down the road. Do you need any audio editing, mixing, or sound design for your projects? Reach out to our guy, Jonathan Luna. You can find him at his website, lunasound.design. 